For BYU-Idaho Radio, I am Chandler Gwadney. I am joined via the phone today by Jeff Carr, who is with the Museum of Idaho. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we want to talk about your newest exhibit. I believe it's called Under the Canopy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it is. It's it's Under the Canopy, Animals of the Rainforest. And this is a a fun exhibit for us because, you know, we're always trying to do brand new things here at the Museum of Idaho and bring in things that people here have never seen. And this exhibit is a real example of that. Uh, The main reason uh, is because we have 20 species of live rainforest animals here in the museum for you to come see and hang out with. Holy smokes. So tell me, is this the first time the museum's done something like this? Is this brand new to you guys? It is, yeah. This is this is the first time we've had live animals here in our exhibit. Um, but of course, we we have uh, a great connection with our Idaho Falls Zoo here, uh, who's been helping us out. And the exhibit company comes with wonderful certified animal handlers, and so we don't have to be experts. We we brought in our own experts. <laughs> Fantastic. So obviously. What is what goes into getting the exhibit ready for things like that? What collaboration went into saying, okay, the animals need this and this to be part of the exhibit and this and this? Um, what was it like? Yeah, so the exhibit is put on by uh, a company called Little Ray's Nature Centers. They are based in Ottawa, Ontario, in Canada. And we have uh, been in contact with them for many years interested in in what they do. And and who they are actually is they are North America's largest exotic animal rescue organization. And they have centers across North America, mostly in Canada, uh, but they are an, uh, an accredited organization uh, with the highest standards of animal care. And they, they rescue exotic animals. You know, sometimes people, you know, might buy a, a turtle in their 20s, not realizing that the turtle is going to live until they're in their 90s and they can't necessarily take care of it for the next 70 years. And uh, so uh, they, they, uh, they bring in these, these rescued animals and are able to use them, well, take care of them, first of all, but then also able to use them for education about uh, the animal kingdom and about the environment. And so this, they, they really do a, a, a wonderful job of, of knowing exactly how to take uh, just the utmost perfect care of these animals. And so we, we work with them uh, on a daily basis. They, they're here in the exhibit always, these animal handlers. And, you know, we worked with them to make sure that we have everything that they need as far as a venue is concerned. Uh, and as far as proper educational capacity is, con- uh, is concerned also, to make sure that we can really make the most of what they have to offer. And we can, you know, we can offer all sorts of fun educational experiences to go along with the experience of seeing these guys up close. Yeah. So the animals, they come all the way from Ottawa. Is that correct? Some of them. Yeah. Some of them come from, uh, yeah, that is their home base. They have uh, a U.S. base also in Syracuse, New York. And so some came from there. But yeah, they uh, uh, they travel around the continent basically uh, every few months, you know, to to places like the Museum of Idaho, who are able to who are able to accommodate them basically. And these are all rescued animals. They're not quite technically all rescued. They all uh, none of them were captured in the wild. They are they all of them did come from human care. Were domesticated, and so they're yeah. 
Yeah, well, right. So they're, they're not they're not fit to be re-released into the wild, these animals. Uh, but yes, the, most of them are actually rescues. Right. And you mentioned that you had uh, worked with this company in Ottawa for years and years and interested in something like this. How long did it take to design the exhibit, get everything good to go, um, to be able to show this exhibit? How long did that take you guys? Oh, goodness. Yeah, we started talking with them probably five years ago or so. You know, we were down uh, at a museum conference in New Orleans and met them and just became very uh, interested and impressed in what they do. And uh, so it's we've been in discussions for about that long. But, you know, with everything we bring into the Museum of Idaho, everything, of course, sort of not only has to fit our values, uh, but it has to fit our schedule our, our physical space, and of course our budget. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, and bringing in, bringing in exhibits like this costs us uh, usually you know, somewhere in the ballpark of $300,000. And so we have to, you know, we, we do a lot of talking back and forth to make sure that we are able to sort of hit all of those parameters and then be able to provide the exhibit company what they need to make sure that they have a successful run here in, in Idaho as well. And what's what's the goal of the exhibit? Uh, just to educate children, or what what exactly do you hope to do with this? You know, I, I'm glad you asked. There are a lot of there are several goals. You know, with everything at the Museum of Idaho, our 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 mission is to to inspire wonder and discovery about Idaho and our world through uh, the humanities and sciences. And and so everything that we bring in has to fit that. And and this is uh, a wonderful opportunity to talk about something that we talk about a lot in our educational classes and our camps and all the other things that we do, but we've never had a, a special exhibit just devoted to the rainforest before this, this most, uh, you know, one of the very most important and certainly most diverse ecosystems on the planet. Uh, these rainforests are absolutely incredible and contain large, large percentages of our entire planet's species uh, but these are ecosystems that are also under threat constantly. And so this is an opportunity not only for people to come in and, and you know, help feed a sloth or watch a, a boa constrictor take a bath or, uh, you know, whatever, but, but learn about the rainforest as well and learn about how vital it is, how important it is, and what we can do to, to, to help it, even if it's not, not right here in Idaho. Right, doing your part to help. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, I am really curious, you mentioned feeding a sloth. So does that mean that the the visitors to the museum and the exhibit get the chance to interact with these animals? Yeah, there, there are a few different ways uh, that we have animal encounters that, that make the exhibit really interactive. And, and I would encourage anybody who is considering coming to, to, to try to come uh, at a time when you can really make sure to uh, be part of some of those animal interactions because it makes the whole experience so much richer and more fun. So one way that we have these encounters is that we just have scheduled animal presentations three times a day, six days a week, and then twice on Sundays. And so those are at, they are at 11, 2, and 4 every day, and then 2 and 4 on Sundays. And these, uh, everything is, this is all included with admission. And uh, this is an opportunity to get a little presentation with an animal handler and at least two different species. Uh, and you get a, get up right, right up close and personal. In some cases, you might get to touch 
uh, just a little bit and learn about these animals and uh, and who they are and where they live and what they do. Uh, and so those those daily scheduled presentations are a lot of fun, uh, and the handlers do a great job. Uh, another opportunity is that these handlers also just walk around the exhibit pretty frequently with with animals that you can that you can get up close and personal to, and they'll talk with you about them, and you can learn more. Uh, but right, but this third, so that's that's two, and then the third opportunity is exactly what I was referring to, that if you would like you can uh, pay a little bit extra and schedule in advance through our website uh, to come in and, and have a, a behind the scenes animal encounter. And this is uh, a really fun thing that you can do. Uh, you can use tongs to feed Romeo the, the two toed floss. He is a delight and he gets hungry at a certain time of day. And if you're here at that time of day and you schedule in advance, and you can be part of that feeding process and you can actually go inside his enclosure and with the animal handler. We can bring up to six people at a time and, and help feed him and, uh, and, and participate in the care of at least one other animal as well. And it's a really fun sort of behind the scenes experience to get to see what it's like to be an animal handler and to, to take care of these guys. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I, 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 I stress again that that's something that people have to do. You have to schedule that ahead of time because that's, you know, these, you can't just come in anytime and say, Hey, I want to feed the sloth or the, the sloth would uh, eat too much or get angry, get sleepy, you know, whatever. So, um, we got to fit it, fit into their feeding schedules, but it's, it's been a blast and people have really enjoyed being able to do that. That does sound phenomenal. Oh my goodness. That sounds like so much fun. That is fantastic. So have you gotten to interact with some of these animals? And if so, which one is your favorite? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Romeo the Sloth is a showstopper. I mean, everyone loves him, and he's he is a, a he is really fun to see. So I, I have to say that yes, I've been able to participate a little bit in his care, which has been a blast. Uh, but you know, there are a lot of other amphibians and reptiles and other things here that are lesser known, also. But once you get a chance to to get up close and personal, you see they're pretty incredible. Uh, there's one. Uh, that's a, a monitor. Her name is Echo. Uh, and so a monitor is uh, essentially a, you know, a relative of the Komodo dragon, basically a smaller Komodo dragon. So it's a pretty large reptile and they're very intelligent. And so Echo goes on walks around the exhibit, structured walks, of course, but she, you know, they can learn to count, they can solve problems, uh, they can do all sorts of things. And um, so I, I'm a big fan of her. She's a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I can't even count. So that's, that's a big, uh, right? right? Exactly. (laughs) Math is not my strong suit. That's great. Oh my goodness. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So couple, couple more questions for you. One of which being you have exhibits coming and going throughout your tenure there at the museum of Idaho. And this may be recency bias, but would you say that it's fair to say that this might be one of your favorites or, uh, at the top of your list? Absolutely. Yeah. No, and you're right about recency bias, right? And I, yeah, I've been here for about six and a half years. I've seen some incredible things. And that's, that's part of what I love about the Museum of Idaho is that it's something totally different every few months. And, and then even more than that, of course, if you participate in any of our educational programs, camps, classes, etc. But yes, this, this uh, exhibit is absolutely unlike anything that we've ever had before. Uh, in, in the 20 years of our traveling exhibit program, this is 
a first, and it is so much fun. That does sound like a blast. That does sound like a blast. So we've talked about this exhibit. Um, it's not going to be around forever. When does when does it end? So it goes through the beginning of May. Okay. May 4th, I think, is the last day. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be around for a little while, but you still want to get down there and see it as many times as possible. So... That's right. And, and, and there are a lot of ways. This is, this is definitely an exhibit that rewards repeat viewers, uh, repeat visits. And so, of course, uh, you can become a member of the museum and uh, be the first ones to see everything and get all sorts of, you know, then you can come as many times as you want to. That's, it's, a, it's a fun way to do it. You, you also get all sorts of other behind the scenes opportunities as a, as a museum member. And, uh, and hey, yeah, while it's cold for the next couple of months, the rainforest in here feels really nice. Right. Very humid. Very good. You get to kind of go to a trip maybe to, I guess, the Amazon, but Florida. If you've been to Florida, you get, <laughs> you get the humidity, sure. and the, the warmth. That's good stuff. So, all yeah. right. Well, let's do this. Let's look ahead. Can you tell me a couple things that you're excited about coming down the pike to, to the Museum of Idaho? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we are – accessibility is – very central to our business model, right? We're, as I mentioned, we're a nonprofit. We, we don't get anything from the, the state, the federal government, the city, um, at least on, as, as far as tax dollars or anything. And our business model is all about making sure that we can be as, uh, as open and as helpful to all sorts of members of the community as possible. And so we are actually looking at a couple of new ways to do that over the next year uh, we already have our great Museum After Dark programs. We have our, our backpack program that you can come in, and, and uh, there's all sorts of accessibility measures there. But a couple new things that we're going to be doing are starting some evening hours. You know, that's, that's something uh, just for anyone. So we've, we've got our Museum After Dark, which people can come and, and have a party with us on Friday nights. But uh, we are going to be starting up some evening hours which will make the Museum of Idaho a little bit more of a feasible date night for people as well. Just any time you want to come in and, you know, and, and, and see us. And, and the Museum of Idaho is a wonderful date, but it's hard when we close at 6. So that's something that we're excited to do. And there are a lot of members of the community that just can never come before 6 o'clock anyway. And so that's something for them. And uh, we, we've got some other great new uh, – we're going to be expanding our summer camps uh, this year. Uh, they're already super popular uh, for both kids and for educators, but we are going to be adding some new camps this year. And, uh, we have a brand new exhibit of course, coming in June, which, uh, is also something that we've never had before. And, uh, I'll, I'll just tease it a little bit that I think the community is going to be really, really excited about exploring the science of flight. Ah, that is awesome. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, and for your time and your, uh, willingness to talk with me. Is there anything else that we need to talk about that I forgot to ask about or didn't touch on? You know, I'll, I'll just say we are, like I said, we're a 501c3 nonprofit and we are, um, we survive and depend on the community and we are, we are in our, our major annual fundraising drive right now to be able to make sure that we can keep doing for Eastern Idaho what we've been doing and, and even grow. And so, uh, you know, whether you could give, you know, just five bucks a month, it's cheaper than Netflix or, you know, or whether you want to give something more substantial, 
we welcome that. And, and if you go to our website, museumofidaho.org, there are a lot of ways to find out how, uh, how you can uh, volunteer some funds, how you can volunteer your time and help out the community in a really fun way. All righty. Thank you again so much. Thank you. That was Jeff Carr with the Museum of Idaho. Thank you so much for listening to BYU-Idaho Radio.